In Jesus' name, amen. There is a very important life lesson that I have yet to learn. I shouldn't say that. I, I should say there's a, a life lesson that I have learned, that I've been taught, and that I have learned from experience, but that I'm just not very good at following through on. And maybe it's the same for you. And the life lesson is this. It is not a good idea to go grocery shopping on an empty stomach. <laughs> you found that to be true? It's not a good idea to go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Because nine times out of ten, I can go to the grocery store, stick to the produce section, fill my cart with fruits and vegetables, be nice and healthy. But when I go on an empty stomach, uh, then all of a sudden I can begin to smell the cookies baking in the oven, even if that store doesn't have an on-site bakery. And I look down, and all of a sudden there are four bags of chips in my cart. And I'm wondering, okay, how did these four frozen pizzas end up in here? When you go grocery shopping on an empty stomach, that's when the temptation comes. When you're hungry, that's when the temptation comes. I think that's true, not just when it comes to grocery shopping, but throughout our lives. That when you are hungry, and not just physically hungry, but spiritually and emotionally hungry, that's when the temptation comes. That's when Satan does some of his best work. When you are exhausted and worn out and tired and hungry, it seems to me like that's when one temptation after another seems to find its way to us. Maybe it's this way with you. You come home at the end of a long week, it's Friday afternoon, and you are exhausted and tired and hungry, and you come home and, and here's this temptation staring at you in the face to treat your family like they are your servants. After all, you've worked hard. You deserve to have someone serve you. When you're tired and exhausted and hungry, that's when the temptation comes. Or, or maybe you are worn out and tired and hungry because you have been pouring your life into someone you love. And maybe it's your kids or an elderly parent or a, or a neighbor, and you have been giving and giving and giving, and the work just seems so fruitless, and it seems like you're spinning your wheels. And, and here's this temptation at the end of the night to, to finish the night off with a drink or two or three or four. You've been working hard. After all, you deserve it. Or, or maybe you're going through some terrible disease, or you're watching a loved one struggle with cancer, and, and it's hard, and, and you're exhausted, and you're tired, and here comes this temptation, whatever it is, and you begin to tell yourself, you know what? I've been through a lot lately, and so maybe just once won't hurt. See, I think that it's when we have been brought low, when we are exhausted, worn out, tired, and hungry, that that's when the temptation comes. That's when Satan really makes his money. That's when he does some of his best work. And if you have ever been there, if you've ever experienced this, then what you need to know is that Jesus is so like you. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Jesus knows what it's like to be hungry. Jesus knows what it's like to be brought low. He knows what it's like to be exhausted and worn out and, and tired. Jesus is so like you. And he knows these things, but not just in his head. He knows them through experience. Praise be to God that, that Jesus is so like us, that he's no distant, cold, uncaring God, but he's a God who came to be with us, to be one among us, who has experienced the same things that you experience a God of empathy and sympathy. Praise be to God that Jesus is so much like you. We heard about this in our gospel reading for today. I don't know if you caught it or not, but in our gospel reading, it was from Matthew chapter 4, and here we meet Jesus. And, and the Holy Spirit has brought him out to the desert to fast for 40 days. That is, Jesus goes out to the desert and does not eat for 40 days and 40 nights. And I would imagine, being human as Jesus is uh, God, but also fully human, at the end of those 40 days, I would imagine that he is hungry. 
and that he is exhausted, probably a little hot, spending that amount of time in the desert, just worn out and brought low. And wouldn't you know it, but at the end of these 40 days, who shows up? Satan. He's come to tempt Jesus. And the first temptation seems innocent enough. Satan comes to Jesus, who is worn out, hungry, hot, and and tired, and he says, look, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, which you are, aren't you? And then why don't you take these stones over here, you must be hungry after all, and turn them to bread. It'd be easy enough. It's a harmless crime. No one else is going to see it. It's just me and you, Jesus. Uh, why don't you take these stones and feed yourself? You've got to be starving after all. But, but Jesus recognizes what is going on, and he thwarts that attack of Satan. He turns Satan away, except that as soon as that temptation is over, here comes Satan again with another temptation, and then another one. Three times, Satan puts his best towards Jesus over and over and over again. Satan comes when Jesus is tired and worn out and hungry to tempt him. You see, praise be to God today that Jesus is so like you, that he's been where you've been, and there's nothing that we can experience in this earthly life that Jesus has not experienced. Today, I think we can rightly praise God and say, thank you, God, that Jesus is so like me. Uh, But praise be to God that we can also say today, thank you, God, that Jesus is so not like you, that he is nothing Because think back to the last time that you were tempted. And maybe it was just at the grocery store when you went on an empty stomach. And you don't even have to tell us how it ended up because we all know. We know that the last time you went to the grocery store hungry, into that cart, went a couple extra bag of cookies, maybe a few bag of chips, a couple frozen pizza. We get it. Or or maybe, maybe it's a little bit more serious. So just think back to the last time you were tempted. And I think for most of us, we so easily fall into temptation. And maybe we we look up and we don't even know how we got here, but somehow we have so easily fallen into sin. Think about every temptation that's come to you and maybe just the last week. And then think about Jesus. Think about he, in the midst of temptation, stood strong. How he conquered Satan. Satan, who in this point of history has conquered every single human who has ever lived with his temptations, except for Jesus. Jesus stood firm. You see, praise be to God that Jesus is so not like us. You see, today's gospel reading is not primarily, hear me out here, it's not primarily a story about you, about how you can defeat Satan. It's not a story about how you can overcome your temptations. Today's gospel reading is not a story where you are to see an example of how you can defeat the temptations and sins of this life. See, today's gospel reading is not a story where we see an example, but a story where we see a Savior. Today's story is all about Jesus who did what we could not do, who did stand strong when the temptations came, who did defeat the attacks of Satan. Today's story is all about Jesus. Now, of course, uh, we are Christ followers. We are Jesus followers. So we read this story, which is all about Jesus, And we do try to emulate him. We do follow in his footsteps. In a way, we do follow his example. And we learn some important lessons about temptation, that we are to thwart the attacks of Satan. That when the temptations come, we do hold fast to God's word and the promises that it makes to find security and and confidence so that when Satan comes, we can turn him away, leaning into that powerful word of God. But I will argue that today's story is not primarily about us. It's not just about an example to follow. Today's story is actually, in fact, not about just your example, but about Jesus, who is your hero. See, today's story is about your conqueror. 
It is about your victor. It is the one who stood strong where we fell back. It is about the one who overcame those things which we stumble over. You see, today I think we can rightly say, thank you, God, that Jesus is like us, that he gets it, that he's been there before. But we can also say, thank you, God, that Jesus is so not like us, that he has done what I and, and no, one, no one else here could ever do. Some of you know this about me. Some of you are going to learn more of this about me. But if you haven't heard, I, sh- I should probably just get it out now so you don't ask me for help. Uh, and that is that I am terrible with my hands. I cannot build things, fix things. I'm just pretty much useless when it comes to these kinds of things. I look at a hammer and a screwdriver, and it takes me a while to figure out which one's which. And, and the truth is that I know this limitation of me. There might be a very small select things of things that I am good at, maybe, maybe not, but there are definitely some things I'm not good at, and one of those is working with my hands, tools, fixing things. And I know this, and, and most of the time I just stay away. I stay away from those power tools, uh, hammers, saws, all those sorts of things, and I ask for help because I know my limitations. But every once in a while, every once in a while, I look at some project and I think, I can do this. Uh, uh, it's just an Ikea bookshelf. College kids around the country put this together. I can do this. I can handle it. I look at a little crack in the drywall and I think, I can do this. It's just a little crack. I can patch this up. I can, I can handle this. I, I look at the broken leg on the chair and I think, I can do this. This is something, a little glue, maybe a hammer or nails, and, and I can do this and, and I can handle this. And, and truthfully, when it comes to building things, fixing things, it's not the worst thing in the world for me to tell myself I can't cause too much trouble fixing the broken leg of a chair. Maybe my wife would uh, say, say differently, and she has. Uh, it's okay for me to every once in a while to say, I can do this, I can handle this. But, but when it comes to our sin, it's a whole different story. You see, when it comes to the sin and temptations in our lives, there is nothing that Satan would like to hear you say more then I can do this. I can handle this. See, Satan loves to hear us say when the temptations come, he wants nothing more than for us to tell ourselves, I can do this. I can handle it. It's just a little sin. It's not that big of a deal. I can stop when I want to. I can do it. I can handle it. I, I, just give me a little bit more time, God, just a few more chances, and, and I can do this. I can overcome that temptation. I can handle it. You see, that's exactly what Satan wants you to say. And we do say it all too often. We say when it comes to our sin, in temptation, we say, I can do it. I can handle it. You see, while we're busy saying, I can do it, I can handle it, do you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, I can do it. He's saying, I can handle it. In fact, he's saying, I have done it, and I have handled it. You see, today is just one step in our journey to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And on the cross, with outstretched arms, your Savior says to you, I can do it. I have done it. I have handled it. On the cross, Jesus says to each of us here today, it is finished. You see, today we praise God that Jesus is so much like us, that he gets it. He's been where we've been. He's walked where he's walked. He's experienced hurt and pain and temptation just like us. But even more today, we say thank you, God, that Jesus is so not like us me, that he has done what I could not do, that he has stood strong where I have failed over and over and over again. You see, today we are reminded that we have a hero, a conqueror, a victor, Jesus Christ. In his name, amen.